Welcome to the Old Dog New Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff West, and I'm going to spend some time talking about tech and looking at how the old dog ways really are all that old. I'm going to look at some integration ideas, discuss some successes and failures, and show you that it's really not about being perfect, but it's about being patient when it comes to integrating technology. I'm a high school educator, been teaching music band for most of my career, but I am a a big tech enthusiast, and I really enjoy uh, researching and finding answers and ways to integrate tech that don't take up so much time. Let's get going. Episode 19 of the Old Dog New Tech Podcast with Jeff West. I am really enjoying doing these podcasts, and I hope those of you listening are enjoying it too. Give me a rating. I'm getting ratings on iTunes. People are enjoying what's going on. I'm getting excited. I hope this stuff's going into the classroom, but if it's not, hey, put it in the classroom. I think it's really, really, really cool. Uh, these tools are changing. I'm, I'm amazed You know, my last episode, I was talking about video, and I'm amazed at how many improvements have been made, so it's so much easier and faster. It keeps getting faster and faster, and I remember the buffering and the uh, bumpy video and the audio that didn't quite line up, and and that was just years ago, not decades, just years, and it has gotten a lot better. Our processors, our hardware is getting better, so get get on board with, with one of these things, just one, just pick one, keep it easy and be patient with it. Don't try to be a hundred percent genius and you can do it on this episode of old dog, new tech. How do you communicate? Do you use Morse code? Uh, I know some maybe do. I think that's probably as engaging and kids are trying to figure it out. I'm going to go over some things I use to communicate uh, as a band director for so many years the methods of communication have changed drastically in the past decade, 15 years. And um, I'm going to go back in time into some older, the olden days when we were just paper and verbal and phone calls. And uh, how it has changed, what has replaced certain things. Maybe there'd be something that you can do, you, you're using um, now, and you want to let me know about it, or maybe you're looking for an idea. I think I got one or two on this episode, so fire up. Here we go. You know, right now, I feel pretty good about the methods of communication I use. I mean, I've set up a pretty consistent use of certain tools, but sometimes I get too busy with other details, and I don't use them consistently, and I think that's a big piece of the of the puzzles, consistency, especially in communication. So I struggle with using all of the method all of the methods for the same communication for most of my life i had one or two methods way back in the day communicating so now that i have multiple methods at my fingertips i don't always use them i find myself creating a, uh, an email using google drawings and image and so forth and then i send the email and i move on to the next thing really i need to tweet that and probably send a remind and maybe put it on my website all at the same time. Um, 
that seems like a lot, you know, in, in self-reflection and looking back, but I'm like, boy, that doesn't really make it any easier, but I'm not making the phone calls I used to make. Business is getting done in the emails now. You do make phone calls still and you talk to people and you have face to face, but you do that a lot less. Uh, I'm noticing parents, uh, anybody who's, uh, uh, selling me something, uh, business, businesses, uh, you don't get as many phone calls, you get emails. So it's not like you're adding to and making a list longer. We're kind of cutting it back a little bit. And the good thing is, is, you know, it's not just your phone log then. If you, for proof that you sent it, you can go back into your files and find it. So uh, I digress. So most of the time I had just one or two methods and I had a now I've had to develop a way to that I utilize each of them for one piece of communication. So, for instance, I use online apps to communicate like Remind, Gmail, Facebook, Twitter, and Google Sites. These are my primary means of communication. I usually use Gmail or Outlook. My district has both of these. Um, I use Remind pretty consistently for announcements or periodic communication, but I also should use the other apps other apps along with these and i don't always do this and so i'm 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 working to coordinate this a little bit better Uh, some of this goes back to the time before the internet when i wrote a memo home and sent it with the kids or mailed it if it's really really important Um, then i'm done right well that's the way i thought then and now a little bit in my behavior i don't always think to cut and paste the message into tweet into a tweet or to make sure that it gets posted on facebook i i have parents that manage that and i recently started that and uh, often a parent will copy anything that i tweet or email and put it on facebook so that has helped to streamline the process a little bit and cut down cuz uh, facebook sometimes gets in my way with too many other things under their notifications um, so I'm not a big Facebook user, but, um, most of the parents are. And so I have my booster parent program, uh, kind of handle that aspect. There's a lot of questions that get asked about times to be there and what's going on here and so forth. So on, um, so sometimes posting an announcement and an email and linking it to the band website is the best method that I have. Um, that's probably the most solid direction I take. But my website, um, I can automatically tweet that I updated it. So there I get three things. And should it be something that has a form or some other, uh, it's in a document form, I can also attach that on a remind if that, if need be. But most of the time in the remind situation, I am letting them know, reminding them about what time to be someplace. So don't forget this. Just a little extra reminder. I feel like if I use that regularly all the time, sometimes that, again, can become stale and not always paid attention to. But if you get a remind from me once in a while, then it catches your attention. Um, I found that to be the case in most situations. So um, the other thing about the using Gmail and Google and the uh, G sites is it's all in Google for me and I can share it from one place to another. In the Gmail, you can create a link. Um, you need to have, if you really want to put it on as an image, then you're going to have to figure out how to take a screenshot and save it as a, a PNG so that it goes in as an image. Um, 
you know, again, if you're going to do that, I would highly suggest making sure that it has a lot of visual things about it, good colors and pictures and so forth. Just a bunch of text may not be so engaging and may not be very memorable. For longer informational communications, Gmail and the website, along with Twitter, and maybe Remind. That's what I'm saying. The big thing to remember is if you sign people up for things like Remind, or you get them following you on Twitter, you better use it at least monthly, but probably weekly is the better bet. Um, then they'll stay engaged with the media. So to close this little section, make sure the tech is enhancing your processes and making you more efficient. Be sure that you use the tools you choose on a consistent basis so people do not quit looking at your website or your Twitter account and they notice your emails. Piggyback your apps. If I tweet something, I usually send a remind. Or if I post something on the website, I set up an automatic tweet feature and include it on an email. Probably a good idea to use all of them together each time, but it's not always a smooth process. And my decision is to use what, what hooks together. Twitter and Facebook are often linked to other media for a smoother transition. But I am continuing to work on this. I am by no means perfect but I am patient. So the biggest change that I have had to adapt to this past decade is technology by, by all means, the specifically smartphones. Students were on them. They're sneaking a peek or texting every chance they get. And recently they've gotten better about putting it away or choosing better times to use the phone. I think this can my consistent uh, address uh, approach rather to addressing the issue and and showing them that, you know, when you get distracted, it's hard to turn the brain off and on to focus and not focus and back and forth. You know, there's multiple research, multiple pieces of research that say multitasking. There's just no such thing. You just, the brain's not set up that way. You do multiple things to do one task, yes. But um, two separate area tasks, typically you're not very successful with that. And so... During the first few years, it was very difficult and challenging to adjust my management and teaching style. Uh, so YouTube was big at first and Twitter and Instagram too, but now it's Snapchat. And I was able to utilize most of the previous distractions by integrating them into my teaching. You know, I use YouTube and Twitter. Uh, I've referred to Instagram, tried it for a little bit. I'm probably going to go back and figure out how to hook it to, say, my website, and my blog posts, and so forth. But anything where I'm going to do anything separate with those, it's going to take a little more planning, and it's going to be um, more purposeful instead of just as an also uh, used. Um, but Snapchat just doesn't appeal to me. I mean, I'm busy figuring out how to integrate other technology that will enhance my classroom. And Snapchat might work, or, and maybe it is working for you. But I have not had time to research this one. Uh, my students know more about it than I do. And that's great because I noticed that they use it. And parents, they will you include things that we're doing on their stories. I know that part of Snapchat. And I purposefully say uh, chat snap. Sometimes just for fun, just to, you know, poke fun at my own age and uh, lack of familiarity. And they like that. I think that, you know, again, builds that relationship, which is so important. And they'll show me things that pertain to class on Snapchat. So maybe I don't use it. Doesn't really matter. I'm not using it. But is it really important? I'm thinking it matters. 
I'm managing that tech by participating and I'm letting my students show me it. I'm letting my students use it to put us on their story. I had a parent tell me that that's how they heard about our rating at our, our band festival. Yeah, they saw it in somebody's Snapchat story. Awesome. That's just awesome. I've seen um, teachers using notification tools in um, different learning management systems. And I've seen them use tools such as Class Dojo, Google Classroom, uh, Google Plus. Um, as far as I know, the education part's still running, I think. Um, there are apps like TweetDeck or TweetCaster that allow you to uh, use multiple Twitter and Facebook accounts. And you can uh, post, create one post and just click all the accounts that you've uh, attached to those applications and it will send it out. There are apps and extensions on Chrome browser that, that allow connections to many of the mentioned communication apps. You just have to take some time and you got to set them up and use them. At first, I was setting them up, and I forget, oh, yeah, I should really use the Twitter. You know, um, I started broadcasting a little more of what we do in rehearsal and in class, and I'm constantly forgetting to hashtag or uh, include others, you know, with their, with their Twitter handles. So I'll get it. I'll keep doing it. I usually end up retweeting it with all that information. But, uh, you know, hey, it gets done, and eventually I'll get it. So I just have... I've seen an increase in my followers and the communication has improved. So my question now is these are the things that I have seen and I'm aware of. What else is there? What are you using? How are you using it? You're paying attention to, you know, what particular area? I am a big proponent of things that make you more efficient as a teacher. That it's not just about the integration into the classroom and enhancing learning. But you'll have more time to do that and consider those things when you're more efficient with these day-to-day -day things you have to do, like communication. For me and what I teach and what I do, um, I'd have to sit down and look at it, but it's a high percentage of what I do. I would say almost half, and the other then would be teaching. It's, it's just organizing and getting uh, the events out there. What are you using? Is it helping you be more efficient? Hmm. It's your favorite time. It's Tech Treat. Here's your Tech Treat. In this episode, two totally unrelated things. Google Voice and Cars Evaluation Checklist for Information Literacy. Now, how did I get to those? Well, I'll tell you how. I've been meaning to mention both of these, and every time I put it on the list and then something comes up and interrupts it. So this time I said, you know what? I'm going to do them together, and maybe, who knows? It'll hit maybe both of these are things. Pick a number to connect to your cell phone and make calls and give it to your students or parents if you need to using Google Voice. When you set it up, you enter your phone, and then uh, Google gives you some phone numbers to choose from. You choose it. There's a whole, it will call you, and you answer, and make sure that everything's working. You can um, then hand that that uh, number out, and you can turn it off and on as you want to. You can set up voicemail. Uh, 
It's transcribed and timestamped so you can easily keep records. Maybe you have your students call in and read something, an assignment, and then you can listen to that voicemail on your computer or even play an assignment for those of us in the music area. I used this when I was a teacher's union officer, and so my personal number wouldn't be available, and I gave I could just hand this number out. People could text me. They could call me when as they needed to, and I didn't have data issues there. You can even create unique voice messages for each number that calls you. So you can make records of, you know, if a particular person, a friend's calling and you want to give them a goofy phone message as personalized, you can do that. I think that's pretty cool. Check it out. Google Voice. The next one is CARS, which stands for, uh, it's an acronym, for how you can check the characteristics of online content. Is it credible? Is it accurate? Is it reasonable? And is it supported? In other words, it's not just a one hitter. It's not just one time it's on and then nobody ever posts again. And there's no, you know, so if you're looking at this, you look at a website and it's got some pretty hard to believe news on it, uh, some source, some research and so forth. And you look at it and there's no sources cited. And you check out one of the pieces, you're able to check it out, and you go, okay, that's not accurate. I know that's not true. And it's outlandish. It's not reasonable. So, And there's no update, no constant update. You look at the bottom of the page, and it says, last updated 2001. Probably shouldn't use that information. So it's one of the many information literacy tools that can be used to help students learn how to find credible sources and evaluate whether they should be used. CARS, credibility, accuracy, reasonable, and support. Does the source have all of those or most of them? Check out the link in the uh, short explanation of the, each criteria or visit the webpage to get the complete story. The webpage address is available in the document that I linked in the show notes. Google Voice and cars, your tech treat. Enjoy. This has been the Old Dog New Tech Podcast with your host, Jeff West. I hope you enjoyed your time. And remember, with EdTech integration, it's about being patient and not perfect. <laughs>